The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. You're listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm Sarah Coates, and I'm flying solo today, giving my colleagues a break. It's Thanksgiving. Everybody deserves a time to wind down and just really take a break. And I know this Thanksgiving season looks very different for all of us in light of everything that's happening globally and in our country. A lot of people are gathering just with their families this year. I was thinking about my own grandmother who lives in Wisconsin. She's all alone this year. And although in good health, I know that she and her friends have distanced this Thanksgiving season. Thankfully, my aunt was able to recognize that and flew up to be with my grandma who exclaimed, I didn't realize how lonely and depressed I was until you told me you were coming to visit. And I'm so thankful you're here. It makes me think about everyone this season who is just experiencing the holidays differently than we ever have. It's time for us to really just lean in to each other and be thankful for what we do have this season. If you're listening and you like what you hear, you like what we're discussing here on the Turning Your Life Around podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. We sure appreciate it. We just love putting out this information to the public and the listeners. So thanks for listening and give us a five-star review. We've gotten a lot of questions from listeners who've been tuning into the podcast And some of the questions they have about therapy, what to expect in therapy, what does it look like? And so I thought I'd take some time today to answer some of those listener questions and continue to normalize seeking out mental health treatment. We have a slogan around the practice, strong people talk about it. And we are passionate about squashing the stigma around seeking mental health treatment. And we actually believe that you are strong if you reach out for treatment. Talking about it does not convey weakness. It doesn't mean that you are crazy. It doesn't mean that you're not strong. We actually think it's a true testament to your strength of character if you reach out to a professional to help you live a better life. And without further ado, let's tackle some of these questions. Okay, Sarah, first question is what should should someone expect when they become a client of 180 Counseling? A lot of times we have clients ask before they actually schedule appointments. I think a lot of people are unsure how the therapy process works. Maybe they've never talked to a therapist before and they don't really even know what to expect. Some people often think about the Hollywood idea of going to see a quote-unquote shrink and lying down on a couch, and that's really not how it happens. That is very much a Hollywood glamorization of the therapy process. So a therapist usually sits in what kind of looks like a living room. 
And at most of our 180 offices, most other offices I've been in that practice therapy have their rooms set up like a living room, a couch, a couple chairs, some relaxing furniture to sit in so that the client feels grounded and at peace and comfortable because that is the point we want you to feel comfortable enough to open up to a total stranger. Uh, of course, we don't expect you to open up the first the first session completely. We know it's the intake process, the intake interview or assessment where we are just kind of a establishing some rapport and getting to know you and your story a little bit. But we want to make it comfortable for you. So a therapist office usually looks like a comfortable living room where you feel hopefully safe and comfortable enough to share your story. What are the top things you wish everyone knew about therapy? My number one thing I want people to know is that therapy is for everyone. Everyone can benefit from talking to a therapist. And no, you are not crazy if you seek out a counselor. I hear that a lot. Oh, I can't talk to a therapist. My family will think I'm crazy. Or the therapist will think I'm crazy if I share X, Y, and Z. But I want you to know that you are human. We're all human. We all have struggles that we deal with. And everybody can benefit from speaking to a therapist. Next question. How do I know therapy will really help me? Well, let's talk about what happens in the actual therapy appointment. So once you schedule with a therapist and we gather all your insurance information if you're using insurance and we have you complete some forms and at 180 we do all that electronically so it's super easy. You complete it on a patient portal and send it back to our administrative office and we process everything for your first appointment. So when you actually walk into your therapist office, the first thing they're going to do is just begin to ask you about yourself and what brought you in for therapy. This is called the intake session and take assessment and take interview. It's called a couple different terms, but an intake appointment is where we are gathering background information about you personally, and it's your time to share a little bit about your story and what brought you in for therapy. And maybe during this appointment, we'll also do a few assessments if necessary, maybe kind of feel out if this is an anxiety disorder or if this is a behavioral problem, or maybe there's some addiction underlying or driving the problem or the issue that you presented with. But that whole intake session usually takes about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and you're welcome to share as much or as little during that appointment. Um, obviously, we want to begin to build some rapport and just really build confidence that we are able to walk alongside you in that struggle or with your concern. And also, I think it's important to understand that if you meet with a therapist for the first time and you're not feeling like it's a good fit, that you are welcome to call back in or just talk with that therapist and say, you know, I feel like there might be some other options for me. You're always welcome at 180 to call back to our front office and see if there's a different fit for you. But not every therapist is right for every person. And so I do think that we're all flexible in understanding that not every therapist client is a good match. There are also times when the therapist will meet with the client for the first time and maybe something came up during that intake session and the therapist realized, oh, that is a problem or concern or disorder or situation that I don't have much training in, I'm not specialized in, and therapists take an ethical code to not practice outside of their competency. So if there is something that a client presents with and it is not something we're trained in, we have an ethical obligation to actually 
refer you as the patient or client to someone who actually treats that specialization. So sometimes the therapist will recognize in that first session that this is not a good match and we want to help you get to the best person to help you with your concern. Next question. What do therapists really think about their clients? What happens if I cry during a session or say mean or hateful things? Will they think less of me? So one of the things about therapy is it is a safe, confidential space to process and explore whatever you as the client wishes to process and explore. Therapists, from their very first day of master's level training, are taught the practice of non-judgment. So all therapists take the practice of non-judgment. And this doesn't necessarily mean that therapists don't have their own beliefs and opinions. Of course they do. They're human also. But our job is to check our own agendas at the door. And when we enter the therapy space with you, we are practicing non-judgment, unconditional positive regard, and really meeting the client where they are. And so anything that you say or think in session, you have a right to process and explore that in the safety net of the privacy of the therapy room. Now, I will throw out there that there are a few exceptions to confidentiality. So everything you talk about in the therapy room with your therapist is confidential, with the exception of if you share that you have a plan to harm yourself or harm others, by law, we're required to report that and to help get you some extra layers of support. If you share any information about abuse in any way, any shape or fashion, again, our job and our goal is to keep you safe and healthy. So then again, we would have to seek out some extra layers of support and report that kind of thing. But outside of those exceptions, everything you talk about is confidential with a therapist. And that's actually key because that is the nature of therapy is that I promise to hold space for you, allow you to be who you are, speak authentically, and just share and process whatever you wish to. And so the key to therapy is having this person who's outside of maybe your normal social circles, outside of your family, someone that you can be authentic and raw with, and the therapist will just sit there and hold space and allow you to say whatever you want to say and explore whatever you want to explore. Therapy is more than just talking. Therapy is certainly a place where someone can vent and say and talk about things that they might not actually talk to other people about. But therapy is more than just talking. The therapist creates a treatment plan. After that intake session, we create a treatment plan, treatment goals. We talk with our client about the treatment goals and then help put plans in place for the client to move forward and either repair or heal or go about making changes to maybe some maladaptive thoughts or behaviors that they've been dealing with and just move forward in living a better life. So some people have asked me before, is therapy just a vent session? Why couldn't I just go to coffee with a friend? And certainly you can do that. But is your friend going to enter into that with complete non-judgment and unconditional positive regard? They may, but a therapist is going to take that to another level because they're actually trained listeners. They're trained in a skill set to be able to listen empathically and help you move forward in a way that maybe a friend would not be able to, to do the same. Okay, Sarah, next question. Can a therapist tell if I'm not being totally truthful? 
during my sessions. What you share with a therapist is what you share with a therapist. So are we mind readers? No. Do we have a crystal ball to understand if you're telling the truth or not? No, we don't. So we do accept you at face value. Now, going back to the therapists being trained listeners, highly skilled professionals, we are trained in what's called the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, which is the handbook for psychological disorders. And of course, in our training, we are trained in different disorders that might actually have underlying basis of malingering or something like that where people are compelled to to lie or distort the truth. So I mean, outside of those specific categories, what you share with a therapist, we only know what you share. We do often with your permission, of course, if you sign a release, we would consult with maybe your physician or your psychiatrist or sometimes even a family member. Sometimes we have clients who will sign a release for us to consult with a family member, especially if it's a minor child and and the parent signs off on something like that. And we might consult with other people to kind of gain some broader understanding of what's going on with your situation. But back to the therapist walking alongside you, meeting you where you are, and just showing that unconditional positive regard. We do take everything you say at face value and accept that what you're sharing is truth. You know, I've had some clients who have shared some trauma stories with me. And I mean, when someone shares their trauma, I believe what they're saying. I don't judge that. I don't question that. I'm not a private investigator trying to figure out if they're sharing the truth or not. I believe that when a client presents with a trauma story, then what they're saying is their truth. And I think most therapists operate from that perspective. Next question. Can therapists prescribe medication? So a master's level licensed therapist, and that's a broad term, more specialized would be a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed marriage and family therapist, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. All of those licensed therapists are not able in the state of North Carolina to prescribe medication. So if a client presents with maybe say some anxiety issues and teaching some new coping skills, some new ways of managing that anxiety, managing that anxiety is not enough, then the therapist might recommend that the client seek out medication as an additional layer of support to the therapy. So licensed therapists are not prescribers. We often refer to psychiatrists for that because psychiatrists prescribe medication. They're medical doctors of psychiatry, so they're able to prescribe. Sometimes we refer clients back to their primary care physician because a lot of PCPs often prescribe medication, psychiatric psychotropic medication like for such things as anxiety or depression. So no, licensed therapists do not prescribe medication. We refer out for that. Final question from a listener, Sarah. Are you going to change me or try to change me? I guess the question I would bounce back to the client is, do you want to change? What do you want to change? Why are you here? You know, this goes 
back to the treatment goals or their treatment plan that we set up during those first couple sessions. If a client comes in and says, for example, I have trouble driving on the highway, I'm too afraid to do that. Well, then if their goal is to change that behavior, then of course we're going to work towards doing some change. Most clients come into counseling because they do want to change something, whether it's change their thoughts or change the way they're going about certain behaviors. Therapy is about change. And so do we want to change who you are at your core? No, we're not here to change your core person, but we are here to walk alongside you to help you affect some change in your life so that you can live a fuller a fuller life. And at 180, our our motto is turning lives around. That's what we are. We're 180 counseling. We help people pivot from their starting point and go a different direction. So to me, that is about change. It's about changing things that are not working for you so that you can find a new way to experience and live life to the fullest. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.